Welcome to the Kick-Ass Life Project. I am Kate, your Kick-Ass Life Enabler, and if this is your first episode of the podcast, welcome, and oh my gosh, did you pick a doozy to start with. If you're a returning listener, welcome back, and as you probably know, I'm going to push the limits, usually a little bit, but today there really is no beating around the bush, pun intended. Because this episode is going to cover the sexy part of Sassy, Sexy, Strong, which is what the Kick-Ass Life Project is built around. This is your pleasure plan. We are doing discovery questions, exploration ideas, and comfort zone busting, including my own comfort zone. Now, you already know the most important relationship you'll ever have is with yourself, But most of us think about that with the mental or physical health side of things. And I'm going to suggest that we can take that love further. And in this episode, I mean that literally as loving your body. So I want to be clear that pleasure can be found everywhere and in many different contexts. And sexy also has many different connotations and meanings. But this episode is maybe not appropriate for all listening audiences. So if you need to pause, turn down the volume, temporarily turn this off, this would be the time to do it. This episode is unabashedly all about women's sexual pleasure. Now, P.S. TMI will happen, and this will get explicit. But the point is to normalize talking about women's sexual pleasure. I spoke at a conference once on this topic, and the feedback I got that surprised me is that the workshop didn't get explicit enough. So I know this is a much-needed topic. However, this is still a half-hour public podcast episode, and if you're feeling like, yeah, I want to continue the combo beyond this, I'm going to suggest grabbing my free pleasure plan guide, which will be in the link in the show notes, and then join me over in the KLP Mighty Network. It's a private network, but free to join, kind of like a Facebook group, but better. So yeah, I'll put a link to that too. You can join me over there. Statistically speaking, by the way, on average, women are every bit as sexual as men. But I bet you've been told multiple times men have higher sex drives than women. There are actually, a t- I feel like that was a little bit of a squirrel detour, but there's actually a ton of really serious squirrel detours that I could take right here, including the ways that abuse may have imp- impacted your views and experiences around your body and sex. If some of the things I talk about today feel like yeah, that's fine for everyone else, but it could never work that way for me. I am going to do another episode addressing these important concerns. Today, however, we will be staying in the realm of fun and empowerment through pleasure. Think about that. Empowerment through pleasure. Your pleasure. Your sexual pleasure. How much time have you spent considering and exploring your sexual pleasure? How often have you thought of that source of pleasure as empowering versus maybe shameful or disappointing because maybe it took you too long or 
you couldn't achieve orgasm or you couldn't find your G-spot and squirt? Or is it disappointing because it doesn't seem important anymore? Or that you've lost your desire? And maybe there's shame around that too. In my last episode, I talked about brand new research being done on the effects of strength training to help heal trauma. And the one before that was on the gender data gap in fitness research and what we're starting to learn now about how women's bodies respond differently to men's maybe when it comes to fitness and nutrition. But did you know there is also new research on women's sexual pleasure and examining how it actually really works? And this is research that I am so proud to say that I was a part of with OMG Yes. If you've never heard of that site, I'll put a link in the show notes. They're dedicated to smashing the taboos around women's sexual pleasure with a combination of real women's experiences and science-backed research. So they are a paid offering, but it's like a one-time thing. It's extremely reasonable. They are LGBTQ friendly and body inclusive. And P.S. I have zero affiliate commission with them. I get nothing out of it if you do decide to explore it. I wish I did, honestly, for all the times that I send people there. However, I 100% love the work they are doing. I call them the antidote to porn. In traditional porn, and I'm going to be speaking for a moment here purely on um, to hetero, heterosexual aspects of sex and sexual pleasure. So in traditional porn, men and boys get a distorted idea of what is actually pleasurable for women and what gets them to reach climax. Like this idea that just straight, you know, penetration is all that's needed, for example. And women and girls start to think something is wrong with them because they can't get off that way. And often they will then pretend and fake it rather than admit they aren't as quote-unquote sexy as those other women. Wouldn't want the guy to think you're taking too long or need special care for your orgasm to work. And I want to stress and point out that we can't really blame men for not knowing how women's bodies work sexually when we don't even teach women how to understand it. But one thing we do teach is that men's sexual pleasure is revered and expected, while women's sexual pleasure is overlooked or taboo. So girls and boys grow up subconsciously placing more value on male pleasure. For instance, did you know that when polled, 8 out of 10 female college students prioritized their partner's pleasure over their own? So when asked how it was, their answer would be, great, I blew his mind, or he said it was the best he'd ever had, or just generally talk about what they did to him, how wild and crazy they got with him for his enjoyment. In other words, they rate the sexual experience through the lens of how much their male partner enjoyed it. Was I tight enough? Did I taste good? Now, ironically, while men based their assessment of a sexual encounter on how much they personally enjoyed it, they often say they enjoy it more when a woman is focused on her own pleasure. But oh my God, don't use that as the reason to focus on your own pleasure. Focus on your own pleasure because your body is capable of giving you that gift, period. 
And so I say all of that sort of stuff to come back to that, how much time have you spent considering the empowerment through your own pleasure versus that shame or disappointment and that reminder that you are very normal. And I'm like, whatever your body is experiencing and however you're experiencing, you are probably so much more normal than you think based on what you currently know or believe about women's sexual pleasure. So we're going to get into that a little bit more. Now, little squirrel detour here, that if I could speak to men, men who have sex with women, if I could give one tip to heterosexual men that sleep with women, it would be to not ask in any way, shape, or form, are you close? In all my research, and the OMG Yes research, actually, most women have some level of self-consciousness for needing to take over double the amount of time to reach orgasm than a man does. And that's just a biological average, by the way. It's just a normal way the female body works. But that idea that they are taking longer, it's already there, just under the surface. So the moment a man brings it to her attention, that he's aware of it, well, nothing kills a building orgasm faster. Because, of course, women are so socialized and conditioned to think that taking longer, or at least not being as fast as a man, is a detriment, is a problem, is something to fix. Now, I also understand that a lot of well-meaning men are asking out of a desire, like they're asking, are you close, are you almost there? They're asking out of a desire to make sure that she is satisfied, which is lovely, but it almost always makes a woman very aware that her, her orgasm is more elusive than his and that he is waiting on her. That pressure to find her orgasm like it's this lost thing before he can't hold off anymore, it pretty much squashes the deal. And of course, I cannot speak for all women. So, so if you're listening to this thinking that's not me at all, then I am not obviously speaking for you. I just on a personal and research-backed level, this is a thing for a lot of women. So again, to the men, I would say just avoid that phrase if you don't know how it's going to affect her. And men, if you're in an ongoing relationship, ask what she likes and needs. And if she doesn't know, help her figure it out. Did you know it's a natural part of the process for a woman to build and then ebb away from climaxing a few times before ever actually orgasming? Like, it's a normal biological part of the body. It's designed to do that. And just even that process itself, if we're not judging it, can become a very fulfilling process. Even if you don't reach orgasm at the end. I mean, obviously that's a nice bonus, but... <laughs> But it, for a lot of women, that part, the orgasm at the end, doesn't even need to happen for it to still be a satisfying, pleasurable experience. And we are talking about pleasure. So I want to make sure I am very clear that in a sexual pleasure sense, orgasm doesn't have to be the ultimate goal, that there is a lot of pleasure to be had even without the orgasm. So like if and and this can be really helpful if we stop taking away orgasm as this end goal and it's a failure if we don't reach it that can actually be really helpful too just in even 
giving yourself permission to enjoy the pleasure along the way. What is that saying? Journey, not the destination. Okay, so I guess mostly what I want to say here is celebrate the ways a female body is. Celebrate the ways a female body is. Not in comparison to a man's body, but as a stand-alone being. And I can't stress that enough. That's why I said it twice. Don't celebrate the ways a female body is different from a man's body because that instantly starts the conversation from this footing place that the man's body is the default from which all other bodies get compared. Just celebrate the ways a woman's body is. Period. Women have articles thrown at them all the time on how to orgasm faster, but do you ever see articles pressuring men to strive for multiple orgasms? No. Multiple orgasms, by the way, also do not work the way you might have been conditioned to think. And OMG Yes dives into the science behind that, too. So FYI, you're not doing anything wrong if you haven't been enjoying that little perk of your vagina. Honestly, as long as we're talking about consensual or alone time sex, you're never doing anything wrong when it comes to how you experience that pleasure. And one of the things that stunned me with OMGS and all those personal stories from real women is realizing how many things women have thought was like something that's wrong with their body, when in actual fact, their body is reacting exactly as designed And more women than they could have imagined also experience it that way. There is something so validating in hearing other women talk about these things and go, oh my gosh, that's me too. And not only is that me too, that's normal and that's the way I was designed. Okay, Border Collie Roundup here to bring me back to this main topic. What if we, as women, no matter who our partner is, based our sexual encounters on things like this. So instead of basing on how he enjoyed it, and again, I'm I'm not speaking just heterosexually here, no matter who our partner is, if we based our sexual encounters on things like, did they understand that tempo and rhythm and consistency are really important? And when I say don't stop, that doesn't mean do it harder or faster. That means do it exactly like you are right in this moment. Don't stop or change anything. because, And don't do it because you think it must be getting boring for me. Don't stop means literally just like that. Don't stop. <laughs> what if we asked ourselves, did they experiment with pressure, with anticipation, with different erogenous zones? Were they accepting and supportive of me playing with myself while we were having sex? Maybe so that I could reach orgasm. See, statistically speaking, just a little tangent here, lesbians report the most satisfaction and communication in their sex lives of of all the different types of pairings we could have. Even So same-sex couples actually tend to be more balanced and satisfied in general, but But again, statistically speaking, overall, lesbians report the most satisfying sex lives. I really can't help but think this has to be in part due to a more common ground starting place of realistic sexual expectations on a female body. But regardless of your sexual preference, 
how well do you know your own body? Like, if I asked you to do a push-up, you could probably walk me through the steps so I could do it, right? Like, tell me where to put my hands and my feet, how to move my body. Could you explain the steps in the same detail for how you create pleasure? The steps you take to climax when you feel it building? If you are feeling the need to say right now, well, it's different from time to time, first of all, great that you recognize that. And second of all, I'm betting there are still some go-to moves that sort of generally always work for you. And thirdly, do you know when the different types of moves work best for you? Do you know how they complement each other and when they complement each other best? Okay, another TMI and PS incredibly vulnerable moment here. So, for example, and I have tamed this example down, like cue the not explicit enough feedback here again. I know that in certain phases of my cycle, there is a type of internal muscle contraction, I'm going to leave it at that for now, that will generally tip me over the edge. I know that in other phases of my cycle, it actually doesn't work as well. I also know it works best without penetration. Other things I know about my body, my libido is heavily impacted by depression. And I can predict the start date of my period with, I'm going to say, like 99% accuracy. Even if it's off from what the calendar says, I can still predict it by this massive spike to my sex drive that happens almost without fail the day before my period starts. Now, I'm not suggesting you should or shouldn't know these things about your body or that you should have these features to your body. I'm giving you some examples of ways that I have gained a deeper understanding of myself that might inspire you. Because the bottom line is, it's hard for others to satisfy us when we ourselves don't know what we need. And despite my involvement with an organization like OMGS that's devoted to smashing those taboos and my own desire to normalize it, this episode is out of my comfort zone because I worry about the repercussions of potential judgment. But the Kick-Ass Life Project tagline is to help women feel sassy, sexy, and strong. And like I said, I've covered sassy topics of mental health. I've covered strong topics of fitness. This is going to be our first episode on the sexy topics of self-intimacy. So this might be a good time to suggest that if this is an episode that ends up being helpful for you, like, follow, share, or review it so that it helps other women find it, and so that I know this is a topic of interest to you. Now, let's not go too deep in this episode down that rabbit hole of socialized shame around sex for women. And let's look at ways you can start exploring your body and the pleasure it is capable of giving you. I would highly recommend writing your answers down rather than just thinking them in your head because you'll get so much more clarity and insight that way. But again, I'm going to put a link to that pleasure plan guide with these five questions, ideas that I'm about to give you that are designed to give you get you thinking about how your body works. And I'm giving you that So in case you're not currently right this moment able to write stuff down, then you've got that there. You don't have to worry about remembering it all. If there is one theme throughout OMGS, it's that every woman is different. 
and the same woman can be different from day to day. And guess what? There's biological reasons for that. Obviously, there are times where you're going to be more sexually driven than at other times, like around ovulation. But did you know that different hormones at different times of the month can make it easier or harder for you to reach orgasm? Like, again, just the way your body's built. Mind blown, right? There's nothing wrong with you. I think I said those exact words in part two of the gender data gap episode on fitness and female bodies. Did you know, for example, that your glands clitoris, which is the visible tip part of your clit, can shift and move, become temporarily desensitized or overly sensitive all within a few minutes? Did you know that your clitoris isn't just what you see there, that glands clitoris part? It's not just what you see on the surface. It actually has like legs that run, that it looks sort of like a, a wishbone and these legs run down the, deep into the tissue of your vulva. Do you now want to go and look up what part the vulva is? Or see if I'm full of shit about the shape of a clitoris. And zero judgment if you are wanting to do that because that is my point. When in your life has your sexual pleasure been offered as something to learn about? We don't teach age-appropriate young people about masturbation as a source of connection and pleasure with their body. We teach them about the dangers of sex, STIs, and pregnancy. It's often taught in a heteronormative way, and pleasure, especially that of the female, is not mentioned. And the clitoris is usually not even pictured, let alone pictured correctly. Even in some medical things, the clitoris is not pictured correctly still. And this is rationalized because the clitoris is not necessary for reproductive functioning. So not only does OMGS smash taboos and let you listen to real women expressing what real-life sexual pleasure means for them and how they achieve it, like actual step-by-step, -step, like you would do for how do you do a push-up, they explain it step-by-step -step how it works for them, with or without a partner, by the way. It pairs that with the science of why the female body works that way, why women might experience it that way. It's literally the sex ed you should have had, but didn't. So I'm going to give you a quick insider peek at just a few of the topics that are covered in OMG, yes. And these are partly taken from my interview intake questions that I did with OMG, yes, and partly from some of the topics that they cover in there. They cover so many. This is like such a tiny segment, by the way. The big takeaway for today is take time to understand yourself. Write as much detail as you can when we go through these five things. And if you don't know, find out. Always ask yourself, is this true for me? And do I have specific insights about it? So again, these five things are in that free pleasure plan guide that I'll link to in the show notes. They are just really starter questions to get you exploring and considering your sexual pleasure, which is possibly something you've never done before. Okay, first one is first time freshness. Do you have a specific story about that first touch feeling? Can you do anything to prolong it? Can you do anything to bring it back? within like say the same session or just over time with the same partner. How different is it that first time freshness with a partner versus by yourself? Think about the first touch of a hand on skin. 
I can remember sitting like in a theater on a school field trip. I was obviously like teenager and being seated next to this boy I liked. And I can remember both of our hands being on the armrests, but the lights were down. So it was dark and neither of us could really see, but you kind of knew both of your hands were there. And I could feel the warmth of his hand. And we both so painfully, slowly kept inching our hands closer together. And then there was this moment of actual physical contact that felt like electric. But we also both kept pretending we hadn't noticed we were now touching. And all the sensations in my body that came with that, that barely there touch that had taken so long to build up to, were overwhelming in the most pleasurable way. And and just to close off the story, we did end up full on holding hands by the end of that, by the end of that play that we were watching. But what I also also think about that first moment when lips meet for a kiss. Even when you're watching a show, you know it's more satisfying when they prolong the actual moment of physical connection. What is it like for you if instead of going right for your clit or your vulva, you take some time to touch other parts of your body first? Or keep some clothing between your hand or your toy and your skin? I've got one more example that is the epitome of first-time freshness for me in the Pleasure Plan Guide, but I'm going to leave that for you to look up, something to anticipate with that first-time freshness idea. Okay, number two, just the tip. This area right around the entrance of the vulva is, and, and even the, the labia majora, it's often overlooked because people tend to focus so much on the clit and deeper inside the vagina. But many women realize, and again, research to back it up, there is a ton of sensitivity around the outside edges, especially once you're turned on. And by the way, no coincidence, that's where the clitoris reaches down. So one of the things you will learn inside OMGS is about how pressure at the bottom edge of the vulva and like pressing down towards the perineum can evoke really pleasurable sensations. So experiment with different sensations that you experience when you focus on different areas. For instance, what's the difference for you when you're stimulating your clit versus deep inside your vagina versus the outside edges? If you have a partner, explore the different ways you can experience these things alone versus with a partner. Now, next level, explore all those same things and areas using different textures, different temperatures. And I'm not saying figure all this out in one day. The journey is the fun, right? not the destination. One of the strengths of the clitorati is our ability to prolong the pleasure. Now, I'm also going to link to the MASH report clip. There's a thing called MASH report, and they, there's a clip where they actually coined the term clitorati. <laughs> um, so I'm going to put a link to their, their little clip where they did that. It's absolutely hilarious. Okay. Um, also with... Um, the other, another thing you could explore with just the tip there is pressure, different amounts of pleasure. Pressure. Okay. Third thing, where is your line? So this is purely an awareness exercise. There are certain things that you might think or know that's just not for me, and that's okay. But there might also be things 
you're maybe kind of curious about, but scared or feeling a little bit shameful to try. Or maybe there's things we're just frustrated about because everyone else loves it and we can't figure it out. Things like maybe anal, squirting, G-spot. Do any of those things fit into those categories I listed about like, definitely not for me, I'm curious, but a little bit nervous about trying it, or just like frustrated, where the hell is my G-spot? Why can't I squirt? Did something else come to mind? Okay, TMI moment. I had investigated all three of those things, anal, squirting, G-spot. And again, there, there's there's so many things that might apply to you that are things like, I'm just using common things, but even little things might apply to that. Don't No, definitely not for me. It, again, good to know yourself. But I had investigated all three of those things um, in the past, and it wasn't until OMG Yes that I was able to apply any useful information in a way that worked for my body. And again, if you want to know if that's not enough TMI, head over to that KLP Mighty Network and we'll continue the discussion. Now, first of all, please know whatever you feel or don't feel in terms of your comfort zone is totally fine. But second of all, know yourself no, don't just know what your limits are, know why they are your limits. Is it something I want to, or I, I really know that's just not for me? Or is there like a, a belief behind it that holds you back from wanting to, from trying it? So just sort of understand where you're at with that and don't pressure yourself or push yourself. But thirdly, do keep exploring and learning about yourself in whatever way that means for you. Okay. Um, I think we're on to the fourth thing here. This is a really quick one. Equalizing. For some reason, this thing cuts me off at half an hour. It's like it knows I wanted to make half hour podcasts. Anyway, we're almost done this episode here. I'm going to go a little bit over time. But I left you with the fourth thing here to explore or consider, which is equalizing good sex. Now, I've already talked about a lot of these things. I'm going to be really quick with this one, which is simply, how do you know what makes sex good? Have you ever defined it? What makes sex good? Define it for yourself so that you'll know it when you feel it, when you experience it. And the fifth tip here, you know best. If you could tell your younger self what you know now about finding pleasure for your body, what would you say? Write that letter. Remember I said writing these things down will give you more clarity and insight? This one for sure. Write that letter to yourself. Include sexual pleasure, but I'm going to suggest on this one, go beyond as well. Anything that feels calming or stimulating or sensual or erotic or relaxing or exciting for your body is fair game. How does your body experience OMGS moments? like you, specifically you and all your little quirks. Notice and name the details. And then go do something to bring on that, ah, my expert advice to you, do something pleasurable for your body at least once a week. And remember all those other ways of experiencing pleasure that aren't necessarily directly tied to sexual pleasure, 
they can still help enhance your sexual pleasure, just allowing your body and your mind to embrace and accept pleasure is can be a huge step and that can indirectly enhance your sexual pleasure just being open to what pleasure feels like in your body and giving yourself permission to feel that so we're basically at the end of this podcast and I know I have been promoting OMG yes like I'm gonna get something out of it if you were to join But there is another option I want to mention quickly here that you may not know about because they're fairly new. Um, And and they are an awesome option for exploring your sexy, sensual, self-intimacy side. And it's called Dipsy. D-I-P-S-E-A. Dipsy. Like a dip in the ocean, except it's the sea, (laughs) not the ocean. They are quite incredible. And I'm going to talk them up more in a different episode because, honestly, I I really love Dipsy. And again, I have no affiliate association whatsoever, but I love what they offer. They offer sexy audio bedtime stories that you can curate to your own tastes, like the spiciness, hotness level, um, whether it's, it's girl on guy or guy on girl or it's there's got dirty talk in there or it's girl on girl or guy on guy it, they threesomes or like however you want to experience it you can curate it to your own tastes they also have guided self intimacy meditations and even just some soothing sounds like nature sounds that help you go to sleep so I will link to OMGS, I will link to Dipsy, and of course I will link to the KLP Pleasure Plan Guide with the five ways to explore your own sexual pleasure that I just took you through. Plus, there'll be some extra links in there that I didn't tell you about yet. I'm going to sign off the way I end every single podcast episode, but today it has quite the double entendre meaning. And if you already know how I sign off my podcast, you'll know why I'm already giggling and you're probably giggling along with me thinking, oh my gosh, this totally has a different meaning today. Um, You'd almost think I'd planned it if you hadn't already heard it. So regardless if you've heard it before or not, I hope it leaves you with a smile and some of those feel-good dopamine hits just as an orgasm would. You're still on. Keep riding.